Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Matthew chapter 5 We're going to be looking at verses 14 through 16. Father, thank you again that you have brought us to the table of your word. Lord, you have set the table. The food is here for us to partake. Lord, I pray that we would just eat to the full, Lord, of your word that you have set before us. And Lord, I do pray as we have prayed and read in the Psalms, Lord, that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 16. The title of this message is, Let Your Light Shine. Let your light shine. Oh, this is very key here and very applicable for us because I don't have to tell you, nor do I have to convince you how dark the world is. Oh, it's dark out there. Yes, it's dark because of sin, and we know that, the ugliness of sin that's out there, and we know it's dark because of that. Uh, sin is just, it's just, it's, it's just nuts out there. But there's another reason why I believe this is as dark as it is in our world today. And you know what? I blame it on us, the church. You say, well, what do you mean? Oh, you're about to see. <laughs> I'm going to read verses uh, 14 through 16, and we're going to come back and unpack these verses like never before. Look what it says there in verses uh, 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Here it is, Jesus is speaking, and chapters 5 through 7 is commonly called the Sermon on the Mount, which is the sermon that he gave on the side of the Mount of Olives. The greatest sermon ever given. So he is wrapping up the section or the part that is called the Beatitudes. There are attitudes that Jesus is teaching that we should be. That should be in our lives, these attitudes. So he's wrapping that up and he starts here by saying, you are the light of the world. You have to understand, you in the Greek is humius, and it's emphatic in the Greek language. He is saying, you as my followers are the light of the world. Are, the verb is in its present tense, meaning that you are right now today, not last week, not 20 years ago. You are, as my followers, are right now the light of the world. 
That amazes me because the, the word light in the Greek is phos. It's the root of where we get photo or photograph. So Jesus is saying you as my followers are right now to be a photograph of who I am to this world. You're to be a picture that when people look at us as his followers, they should see a portrait of Jesus Christ. Many of you, you're my age and older. I can look out there and see. You remember the Polaroid camera? You know, and then you take it out and you start fanning it and you're looking at it and it's not clear yet. And you just fan it a little more. You're like, oh, it's almost there. And you say, you remember this. Some of y'all still got one, don't you? You can't afford to film on it. It costs your arm and leg for the film. But see, here's the thing. There are many of you that when people, your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, when they look at you, they see a fuzzy picture of who Jesus is. When they look at you, the, it's not all the way focused. They're seeing a fuzzy portrait of who Jesus is. And just like we used to fan it to make it come in clearer, you need the wind of God's Spirit to come upon you so Jesus can be more in focus for people to see. So Jesus is saying, you, as my followers, are, present tense right now, to be a portrait of me, the light of the world. We're the light of the world. Hmm. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Here he is saying, you are the light of the world. Okay, hold up, Jesus. Which one is it? Are you the light of the world or are we the light of the world? It's both. Jesus is like the sun, S-U-N, and we're like the moon. You understand that the moon doesn't have its own light, it reflects the light of the sun. And the only time that the moon doesn't reflect the light of the sun is during an eclipse. We just had one. An eclipse occurs when the earth gets in between the sun and the moon and keeps the moon from reflecting the light of the sun. Here's the thing we have to see. There are many people and many believers, the reason why they are not the light of the world is because you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse in your life. And you're keeping the light of Jesus Christ from shining through you. You have allowed the world to get in between you and your relationship with the Lord, and it's keeping you from reflecting Jesus Christ to this world, and you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse. Jesus says something in, uh, in, the, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 19, the parable of the sower. You, you, know, you know the story. You're well taught here by your pastor. The parable of the sower, he says something very amazing there. 
In chapter 4, verse 19, watch this. He says, when the seed falls among the thorns, he says that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things come in and choke the word and you become unfruitful or you experience a spiritual eclipse in your life. We need to take a look at these things here. Notice he said the cares of this world. The cares, that Greek word is maribna. It's a word that means the cares, the worries, the anxieties of this world. And folks, I, I tell you, believers are just as worried and freaked out about life as the world is. You're just as worried, ladies. You're just as worried. You worry about the kids. You worry about the bills. You worry about the house. You worry, worry, worry. You came over here worrying. Somebody going to be in my seat when I get there. Somebody going to be in my parking space. Am I going to be able to get the kids in? And, you, know, and you, you just worry. You freak out. You worry as if God is no longer on the throne, that he's gotten off. I was thinking about this this morning. The Lord woke me up pretty early this morning. And I was thinking about this the worries of this world. Jesus told us something. He says, do not worry about this life. What you're going to eat or drink, the clothes you're going to put on. He says, these are the things the world worries about. He said, don't you know, I, I know how to feed the ravens and the sparrows. He says, so why are you freaking out? Whenever the Bible tells us not to do something, it's because we have a tendency of doing it. And the very things I just named, those are the things you're worried about. Oh, now that school is in, you got to worry about the clothes and school clothes and school supplies. You got to worry about whether the kids are going to make good grades or not good grades or whether they're going to have this and whether they're going to have that. And just what, the very things Jesus said, don't worry about, those are the things we worry about. And because of that worry, you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse because as you're freaking out, you cannot be reflecting the light of Jesus Christ and freaked out worry. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. It says, be anxious for nothing. Same Greek word there. That speaks of worries. Worries, worries. Let me tell you something. If you're worrying, you're not praying. And if you're praying, I guarantee you, you're not worried. And there are many people that are experiencing a spiritual eclipse because of worry. So it said the cares of this world. Maybe that's not you. Maybe your thing is the deceitfulness of riches. Uh, Apati is that Greek word. It it, it means that which is deceitful or to deceive. It it, it speaks of something that, that, that seeks to deceive us. It's called the deceitfulness of riches. Why? Because riches deceive us into thinking the more we have, the happier we'll be. And it's a lie, it tells us. So just like the women and the ladies freak out on the worry part, men, this is where you come in because you constantly see dollar signs in your eyes. 
and you leave this job that God is using you because this job promises you a nickel more an hour. And you're always looking at your resume and getting it and throwing it out online and see who's, who's looking. Because I got to get the next thing and the next job. You got dollar signs in your eyes. And because of that, and because of that, you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse. Because now your attention and your focus is no longer on God and the things of God. Now it's on the dollar sign. And who's going to pay me more? And it's like, you know, well, honey, if, if I'm able to bring in X amount of more dollars a month, then we'll be able to do this, that, and the other. And now your focus is on this, that, and the other, and it's no longer on the things of God. Now it's on this, that, and the other. You remind me of Lot. You remember Lot in Genesis chapter 13? He got himself in a lot of trouble. You remember Lot. In, in Genesis chapter 13, it's a great story. It talks about how Abraham's servant, his servants were fighting with Lot's servants. And Abraham, the more mature man, he went to the younger Lot and said, bro, he said, man, we're, we're brothers. We, 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 we can't be fighting like this. He says, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. He said, we can't be fighting. Can I pause right here? Can I hit the pause button? Because somebody needs to go to maybe a family member. Maybe it's an adult child that you have been spoken to in years. And you need to go and say, you know what? This needs to stop. We're, we're, we're brothers. Or you're my son. Or, or you're my daughter. And because of some mess that has taken place, you guys haven't spoken in years. And let me tell you something. God will not allow for you to have a great relationship with him as long as you got mess going on here. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen and can't get along with that brother, that sister, that spouse, or that friend that you see all the time? Somebody needs to get it right. You the more mature one needs to go get it right. Why do I have to go? Because you are the one here hearing this message and they're not. <laughs> you need to get it right. After last night, a guy came up to me after service last night and he said, you know what? You were talking to me. He said, I haven't talked to my, my son in years. He said, I'm going to go out and give him a call right now. And there are some of you that need to do that. Not right now. I ain't say go and text and call him right now. No, you just wait. You will get time out in the parking lot. You're going to call him and get it right. Get that right. I, I don't care what is taking place. You're here hearing this message. Now, meanwhile, back to Lot. So when Abraham told him, he said, if you go to the left, I go to the right. You go to the right, I go to the left. It says that in, in Genesis 13, 10, it says that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that it was well watered and saw that it was green. And he said, that's where I'm going. 
He says he pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah because it was green. It was like Egypt. It was like the world. And he pitched his tent and looked and went towards the green. And there are many of you, men, you're just like Lot. All you see when you lift up your eyes is see the green. And who's going to pay me more green? And because of your pursuit of the well-watered pastures and green valleys, you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse. Because no longer are you after the things of God. Now you're after where's the greener pasture. And you lift your eyes and you see that it's green. Oh, God is speaking to some folks this morning. I love it when he does that because you know you're real quiet. That's God just taking you and doing this to you. I love it. I love it. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's not the cares of this world. Maybe it's not the deceitfulness of riches. Maybe it's the desire for other things. Epithumei is the Greek word for desire. It it speaks of a lust, of, of a longing. It's not a good desire. It's always used in a negative sense. The desires for other things. You see these people all the time. You, they used to be in church and you don't see them anymore. So you see them out at a restaurant or somewhere shopping. Say, hey, where have you been? Oh, well, you know, I just been into some other things. And you know what that other things normally is? They were single and now they're in a relationship. The singles at our church, they think that I'm really thrilled when they come up to me and just say, oh, you know, I'm in, I'm in a relationship now. They think I'm thrilled about that, but I'm not thrilled. You know why I'm not thrilled? Because I know their walk with God is about to go south for the winter. It always happens. The next thing you know, they're all excited and, you know, you know and, and then next thing you know, over a period of time, that face, and you know when it goes like this, I look at them and say, they've had sex. There it is, right there. I see it all over their face. Then they start sitting in the back. Next you know, you don't see them hardly anymore. The other things, it normally has to do, we remember that, that word epithumei, you remember that word? It means a lust or a longing. It normally has to do with three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Either they're caught up in the lust of the flesh and they, they're in some relationship and they're having sex. The lust of the eye, pornography, or the pride of life. And because of that, they experience a spiritual eclipse. I see this all the time. Men on fire for God, now they're caught up in pornography. Pornography, let me tell you, pornography is worse than any drug. There's a demonic spirit behind pornography. Because, see, the thing is, is that with, with that, see, with a drug, you can get high and then you can come down. With pornography, Satan will constantly replay those images in your mind, call you out of the bed, longing for your wife to go to sleep 
so you can run. It used to be run to the computer. Or let me take it a step further. It used to be back in our time, those of you who are my age and older, back in our time, you had to put on a trench coat and some sunglasses and a hat and go in the XXX store. And then you had to go behind the curtain. You know, behind the curtain, there the regular videos, VHS, the regular videos. Then you had to go behind the curtain for the, the, that stuff. And you didn't want anybody to see it. Then it was, everyone had a computer. Apple said, everyone's going to have a computer. And now, everything is right on the phone. No longer, you had to sneak on the computer. And now, some of you, oh, God is about to speak now. Now, some of you got locks on your phone that rivals Fort Knox. Because you don't want your wife in there. Let me tell you something, what you got to hide from her? Oh, God is speaking now. What you got to hide from her? Why, why is it that you need a, a lock that rivals Fort Knox with her? You trying to keep her out for what? Let me see your phone. What do you want you that for? What are you hiding? That kind of stuff causes us to experience a spiritual eclipse. So here Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. You are, you as my followers are right now the light, the portrait, the picture of me to the world. The, the world there's cosmos is where we get our English word cosmetic from. It means the orderly arranging of things. Oh, ladies, you understood. You understand this. You took makeup and you orderly arranged it all over your face before you came here. That's the word. That's the word. So the world is not talking about the beautiful mountains here or the trees and the rivers and streams. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the world system. It's that satanically organized system of beliefs that exalts all that is ungodly and opposes all that is godly. That's the world system. You want to know what the world system looks like? You turn it on every day. You, you see, I'm old school. I still say turn it, turn it on. It, Forgive me, I, I remember when we used to have the dial, you remember we had the dial, the dial you know, the, the channels, and, and in my community, you know, when that dial broke, you had to you put some vice grips up there. <laughs> and remember rabbit ears? When you couldn't get that station, you put some aluminum foil up at the top right there, and you know, you used to get, see, some of y'all don't know anything about that, y'all had that good life all the time, we, we, we didn't have and then, you know, there was times by which when we were younger, we were the remote control. <laughs> hey, boy, come in here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Turn that channel right there. <laughs> He's sitting here. The TV is here. Turn that channel right there, boy. Took some of y'all back with that, didn't it? That's the world system that we're called to be the light of. We're called to be a portrait of the world system. And then Jesus goes on to say, a city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. No doubt as Jesus is teaching on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, no doubt there is a city up there called Saved. That, that's, that's the city. That's the city right there. You know, when, they, when I gave them the verses and, and, and they put that up there, I said, hey, that's the, that's it, that's the city. That city is 2,650 feet above sea level. It sits up in the hill. No doubt as Jesus is teaching, he's probably pointing that a city set on the hill cannot be hidden. 
No matter how you look at it, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the daytime, you can see the buildings and the homes um, sitting up in the hill. At nighttime, you can see the lights coming through the windows and the doors. No matter what, whether daytime or nighttime, a city set on the hill cannot be hidden. And this is what Jesus is saying. You can't hide. There's no secret agent Christians. You undercover for the Lord. You part of special ops, spiritual seals or marines. There's none of that. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Whether it is nighttime, whether it is daytime, you can't hide. The Bible said be ready in season and out of season. You can't hide. To give you an example, Peter tried to hide. Peter tried to warm himself by by the fire. And uh, they say, well, well, hey, oh, we know who you are. Oh, you don't know me. Uh, they say, oh, we know you. You're a Galilean, and your speech betrays you. No matter what, you can't hide. Something about God is coming out. Something about the Bible. Something about Jesus. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Oh, he continues on by saying in verse 15, nor. Oh, we got to stop there. That word nor there is a conjunction and an adverb used to introduce a further negative statement. The first negative statement is a city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Then he says nor. Oh, I, I, oh, I forgot to mention something. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. The, the, the Greek word there is crypta. I'm very familiar with that Greek word because uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I dealt with crypto equipment, that which is secret, that which is hidden. I dealt with that kind of equipment because in communications, I had to have a special clearance because I was communicating sensitive information over the airways and we didn't want the enemy to get it. So I dealt with crypto equipment, which was secret or hidden equipment. This is crypto, probably is feminine form of that. And so that's why we, I said uh, there's no secret agent Christians. We can't hide. So that's the first negative statement. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor, he about to introduce another negative statement, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. The purpose of lighting a lamp is not to hide it. You don't light a lamp and then you say, I'm going to hide it. Then why light it? If you're going to hide it. You don't light a lamp and put it, uh, a light and put it under a basket. Modios is the Greek word for basket. It, it can be translated as basket or a bowl used to cover something. He said, you, the purpose of Jesus is letting us know as the light of the world, we can't hide nor do we try to cover ourselves up. And many people end up covering up their life for a couple of reasons. The first one is a big one. You're going to be very, very familiar with this. The first reason why people cover up their light is because they don't want to offend anybody. Offend anybody. Oh, what a joke. I, I remember when this first started coming around, when I was in the Marine Corps over 30 years ago, I remember we talking to, we, we talking to um, folks and, and we sharing the gospel with them. And I remember, I remember this one guy was like, oh, well, I'm offended by what you said. I looked at him and said, so? So what you offended? I'm offended that you offended. I said, we, we didn't care back then. We didn't care. But today, you, all you got to do is someone has to say, I'm offended. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. I won't ever 
open my mouth for Jesus Christ again. Are you kidding me? So many people hide their light because they don't want to offend. Oh, but we offend God through our disobedience. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's, oh, y'all don't want to hear that kind of talk. Okay, all right. But we rather offend God who told us to share. And we don't mind standing before God and giving account for why we didn't. When we, we stand before God, locked and cocked, like we're in the Marine Corps, and, and, God, and God said, okay, why didn't you share? Well, God, I didn't want to offend. Oh, so you offend me. Well, see, <laughs> well. So many people hide their light because they don't, they don't want to offend. The second reason people hide their light is because of unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin in our lives will act as a bowl and cover up the light that we're supposed to be shining to the world. Unconfessed sin. This is why we read in the responsive reading. It says, cleanse me, David said, from secret faults. There's faults. There's things about us that only we know and God knows. And we need to be cleansed from those things because those things can act as a bowl and cover up the light to keep us from shining. Oh, let's see what else he says there. He says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Oh, I'm so glad Jesus said that. He said the purpose of lighting the lamp is to put it on the lampstand so everyone can see it in the house. Hey, we are supposed to be the light of the world, but the first place that that light should be seen is by those in the house, those at home. In the qualifications of a pastor in 1 Timothy 3, in verses 4 and 5, it says, if a man doesn't know how to take care of his own house, how can he take care of the house of God? It's a rhetorical question that means he can't. A, a guy called to ministry must first be a pastor at home before he ever try to be a pastor here at church. You need to be an usher at home before you ever try to be an usher here. You all here and, you know, you here and you're like, oh, here's a bulletin. Would you like a bulletin? Yeah. Oh, hey, you can sit right here. Oh, is this your first time? Here? Oh, yes. And you at home, you know, you ain't, you ain't a servant at home at all. You did, get on. Hey, get, get this for me. Hey, bring this over here. And you know what? Hey, you. And that's you at home. But you come here and you're like, oh, here, here's your bulletin. Oh, it's that. You like to sit here? Oh, this is your first time here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. And you're just as nasty and rude at home. No, no, no. You be an usher at home first. That light needs to be first seen by those at the house. Before you ever try to shine it out in the world. Because, see, here's the thing. Watch this. See, if I'm just a pastor at church and I'm not a pastor at home, then my family will despise my ministry. And what will happen is this. I will get up and teach, and everyone will sing my praises, and my family will be there like this. You should see them at home. See, you see what I'm saying? So this is why Jesus said it must be seen by those in the house. Oh, he continues in verse 16. He says, let your light so shine. Oh, we got to deal with the word let there. 
The word let is a verb there. It means not to prevent or forbid, but to allow. Let your light so shine. Sometimes we don't want to let it shine. Sometimes we don't. Maybe you've been persecuted because you shared about Jesus Christ. And because you don't want to have that rejection, sometimes we don't want to let it shine. But he just didn't say, let your light shine. He said, let it so shine. The adverb there means to such a great extent. Don't just let it shine. Meaning that letting it shine is not good enough. So the adverb so is placed in front of shine to give shine a little more punch. Let it so shine. Before man, it reminds me of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He just didn't love it. The way God feels about the world, love is not good enough to describe it. So the adverb so is placed in front of so loved the world. Oh, the Lord has to remind me this sometime when I see the world and I find myself getting frustrated when I see the racism, when I see the mess, when I see the junk out there, when I see folks just doing stuff to kids and I just get frustrated and I grip my teeth and God said, whoa, ho, 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 slow your roll, bro. Don't forget that I love this world and I just don't love it, but I so love it. And he has to remind me and put me in check and say, pump your brakes, dude. Don't give him your anger. Give him your prayers. And he has to tell me that. So God just didn't love the world, but he so loved it. And then he tells us in Ephesians 5, right around verse 33, he says, husbands, so love your wives. Don't just love them, but so love them. And so here... He just didn't say, let your light shine, but let it so shine before men that they may see your good works. Let me stop at the word see there. I'm so glad that this is placed here on this pulpit because it's still true today that people need to see Jesus. When I think of seeing Jesus, I, I'm reminded of the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. You remember when Jesus went on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, the Bible says that he was transfigured. He began to shine. It, it was saying that his deity was shining forth through his humanity. And, and, and it's an amazing thing. The word transfigured there in the Greek is metamorpho. It's where we get our English word metamorphosis. Is that process that a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. Where his deity was shining forth through his humanity. We need to experience a metamorphosis. We need to experience a metamorphosis where Jesus is shining forth through us that when they see us, they don't see us, they see Jesus. How do we experience a metamorphosis? I was thinking about that. Luke, when Luke talked about this incident, you know, Luke was a physician, and so physicians are into details. He gives us more details about the life of Jesus and the prayer life of Jesus more than any other gospel writer. Luke is in, into details so much that the gospel of Luke by way of verses is the longest book of the New Testament. Not by way of chapters, by, but by way of verses. Every time I go through the gospel of Luke, I say, let me get ready because each chapter is about 60 verses. But in Luke chapter 9, verse 29, 
it says that Jesus was transfigured when he prayed. How are we going to experience a metamorphosis? It's through prayer. As we spend time in the presence of God, then Jesus began to shine through us. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when we spend time with God who is light, then some of him rubs off on us. Isn't this what happened with Moses? Moses went on top of the mountain, was there 40 days and 40 nights with God. He came down. The Bible says he was glowing. You, you remember the Cecil B. DeMille Ten Commandments, you know. He came, you know, they had him with hair was gray, beard was white, you know. You look at like he was 400 years old. They were trying to show he was glowing, but, you know, that 1956 technology just couldn't quite figure it out. But, but he, he was trying to show that he was glowing by being in the presence of God. So as we spend time in prayer we began to glow. He began to transform us. We began to experience a metamorpho where we are transfigured. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says being transformed into his image, transformed, metamorpho. And we're transformed through prayer. If I were to go and ask each one of you, what is one thing you need to do more? You say, well, I need to pray more. Of course you do. Because it's in prayer that we're changed. We're changed through prayer as we're in God's presence. You need a garden of Gethsemane where you can pray and have your will broken like Jesus. And you can come out of there saying, not my will, but his will be done. You need to walk with God in prayer as Adam did in the cool of the day. You need a secret closet that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 6, where you can go in there and pray and spend time with God so when you come out, your family will see you glowing. That's how they're going to see Jesus, is in prayer, as you spend time with prayer. So he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Kalos is the Greek word for good. It means attractiveness, beautiful appearance. Why do they need to see our good works? Because they can't see your faith. Your faith is internal. As you're driving around, you don't know who has faith. You see just people in cars. Your faith is internal. But your external, that's what they can see, your external works, your good works. Now, the way that you know that your good works are truly good, this verse ends by saying, and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. The word glorify there, doxazo, it means to honor or to make glorious. When your works are done for the Lord, they will make glorious. They will speak well of your Father. They will speak well of your God. Now, Every, I, I've given this message around the world. Now, I, I always got to stop here because I need to help Christians. Remember, I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. You need some help because I know Christians. You need some help. Now, watch this. When you do a good work, when you, some guy is moving in and you get, you get there and you help him move in, and you, he's like, oh, man, you know, I don't know what I would have done without your help, man. I really appreciate that. 
do not say, oh, don't look at me. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Don't look at me. It's the Lord. Stop being weird. You're weird. (laughs) Stop being weird and super spiritual. Just say thank you and appreciate it and exit stage left. Get out of there. Too many Christians are super spiritual and you come off weird to this world. Why, I, I, I tell my wife all the time, why can't Christians just be normal? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm, ble- I'm too stressed to be blessed by the best. You know, hey. Cut it out. Stop being weird and super spiritual and using all this jargon that they don't, and the world is looking like you like, oh, okay. They don't know how to take that. So just say, just say, hey, you know, and you help somebody carry something heavy, and they're like, you know what, pre- I, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much. Just say, oh, you're welcome. Hey, God, God bless you, and you just get out of there. You don't have to be, don't look at me. They don't, they don't see the Lord. They see you. That was you helping them move. So stop being weird. Christians are weird. I tell my wife all the time, I said, Christianity draws the, attracts the weirdest people. And they just come off just weird. I'm like, dude, be normal. Why can't you just be normal? What happened to thank you? I appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Strike up a conversation. You see how normal that is? Y'all just super spiritual. Boy, it's... Remember, I'm here to help you. I'm your friend. Cut it out. You you weird me out. I'm a pastor. Just be normal. And and the weird ones are sitting there like this. Because they know, they they, they say this stuff all the time. Look at me, Lord. Be normal. Let me conclude with this. The Bible says, let your light shine. Then don't just let it shine. Let it so shine. And many of you are not letting your light shine because you are experiencing a spiritual eclipse. And if that's you, there's going to be some people to pray with you about these things. God's word doesn't return void. It's going to accomplish that which it was sent out to do. There are some of you here that you're you're here at church for a variety of reasons. You're here to finally shut your wife up. She's been begging you to come. You finally came. Or you're here and your parents have been pouring into you. Now you're an adult child and now you need to get things right with the Lord. You need to repent and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's going to be some people up here to pray with you about that. This is your opportunity to respond. Respond to the Word of God. You don't just come here and sit, okay, let me sing a couple of songs, clap a little bit, hear a message, let me go out and go back and do me. No, no, no. You've heard from the living God. Now it's your time to respond to that. Respond to what God has spoken to you. Some of you need to go out and call somebody and make some relationship right. Because things are not right between you and some adult child, some grandchild, some something. I don't know what it is, but God knows and you know what it is. You need to come get some prayer to God give you the strength to make that phone call and call up and you humble yourself. It's not time to call up and rehash it and get back into an argument. Nope. You call to humble yourself and say, look, we're brothers. Oh, you're my son. 
and I love you. They need to know that. You need to get it right. So as we close in prayer, there's going to be some people to pray with you about these things. They're going to be right up here. You'll see them right up here on the stage. They're going to be right there in front. And you get, your, get yourself up here. And don't delay. They, they, you've got your kids. They, 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 you'll be all right. Just get on up here. There ain't time to get into another counseling appointment. Get up here and get some prayer and then go do what the Word says. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. It's not time for getting to a counseling appointment. Come up, get prayer that you can get the power to go do what this Word just told you to do. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Word. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will move across this room. You would do a great work, Lord. You love us, Lord, and we just pray that the power of your spirit would come upon us to empower us to do what you have instructed us to do. Lord, I pray for your people here. I pray for those who are experiencing a spiritual eclipse, that they will come and get that right with you. Lord, I pray for those who've never repented of their sin and accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today will be the day of salvation. There are some, Lord, that's been into some other things. And Lord, they need to repent of those things and come back home to you. These are your people. Work in their hearts. Draw them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.